station, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi, family. This is week nine of these reflections on the experience of Ezra and Nehemiah and the people of God. I would like to welcome Liliana again. How's it going, Liliana? Hi, Dan. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm well, nice thank you. Nice to be back. Yes, it is. It is. And you know, Liliana, this is lesson nine. And well, um, it is almost over. The, this yeah. season, that is. It's, it's gone quickly to me. I don't know if that has happened to you, but it has gone yeah. really quickly. I have had a big blessing exploring these concepts about God's character, the experience of the people of God through history, and how much we can practically learn for us today. Liliana, we had the privilege to listen to your story at the very beginning of this season, at least part of it, and how you left your homeland. So here's a question for you. Have you ever had a desire to return to Bosnia? And if you did or you didn't, what caused that desire or lack of it? Yeah, of course. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we lived as uh, refugees for seven years, two years in Croatia and five mm-hmm. years in Germany. Right. And um, I truly wanted to go back to my country because I had all my family there. Okay. If I go anywhere else, I will be by myself. Mm. But it looks like... Um, <laughs> It wasn't God's plan. Okay. I wanted to go back, but God didn't show me that I should go back to Bosnia. Okay. So what actually happened? It was against my will. All right. Tell us. <laughs> it was, it was uh, maybe uh, strange, but um, when okay. war finished and uh, um, in Germany, you couldn't stay as refugee any longer. So we had to decide what to do. Right. And uh, on my husband's insistence, so we applied for America and we got uh, a visa, like permanent visa to move to America. You did? Yes. To go to Ohio and uh, a place called Cleveland. Cleveland, yes, yes, of course. I even got called from the church pastor about like they they are looking forward to receive us there. But Mm. what happened was uh, nothing short of miracle. When we got the letter from our friends that we met in Germany, mm. they moved to, to Australia and he got a position as a pastor in church in Brisbane. And uh, we got uh, the warranty letter and he said, oh, look at guys, it's very nice here. If you want, you know, give a try to, to apply for visa. Here is the, the support letter and all that stuff. And, uh, right. And I said, Lord, I don't want to go to Australia. <laughs> oh, please help me. Okay. And um, I said, okay, but because you have that opportunity, I said, okay, we will apply. Mm-hmm. But I believe you will not take us there. I don't want to go there. I didn't want to even to go to America. I didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted oh, to go back home. Okay. As soon as we applied, mm. As short as couple weeks, we got invitation for to come for the interview. Kidding, and wow. we lived in that time in Stuttgart, and the mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, embassy was in in uh, Munich. Okay, and it was some um, two hundred kilometers away apart. I called the embassy and I said, "Look, it, I'll have to cancel this appointment because." Um, 
I truly don't have any money for the tickets to come. And then something really <coughs> unusual happened. Okay. The guy on the other side said, I don't care. But with very, like, he lifted up his voice, like almost commanding you. And he said, you will have to come for this interview. I don't care how you will find the money. You will come wow. for this interview. So this was and, an Australian representative embassy, of the embassy. Yes. Okay. And uh, that was something that was very strange to me. And I said, Lord, this is not something usual. Mm. Okay, let us go for that interview. And I hope you will not take me to Australia. Mm. And um, because in that time, I went through really serious health issues and I know that Australia has very strict medical requirements. Right. And I thought, no way, we can't go. We, we will not go. Okay. And to show the story, we went for the interview and as soon as we came back home, we got invitation to do medical exams. And okay, we did it. And um, I said, no, there is no chance for us to go through Australia with me with that, with, with that health issue. Mm. And they just sent me back letter and said, you just have to do one couple more exams mm -hmm. and send us back. And you know what then? We got a visa to come to Australia to come as permanent residents right. on humanitarian visa. And I just couldn't believe that. Wow. I just couldn't believe. And I said, Lord, you don't want me to go there. I just don't want it so far. And I'm so scared of the flight. And my, my, my husband <laughs> scared us to death, you know, me and kids, how scary it is because I never flew uh, by plane before. Oh, really? Because in Europe, everything is close by. Yes, and we travel do. with buses and the, and the, and the trains and uh, you don't have to fly so often. Sure. So anyway, I got assurance that it was God's calling. And I said, Lord, I'll go because I believe that you lead me there. Mm. Because when we got that visa for, for Australia, we had to decide, will we mm. go to America or to Australia? And even though America was closer, I got the feeling that Australia is our calling. So because that, of the way things unfolded? Yeah, the way how it all happened. And mm -hmm. on the other hand, we thought... Generally, uh, life in Australia is easier and sort like uh, okay. it's more secure. There is no violence that much as in America. And okay. uh, it's a safer place to be and to, to raise kids and all that stuff so, because my younger son was, was three years of age. Anyway, when I got on that plane, mm -hmm. don't forget I was scared to death. I've fallen asleep. <laughs> all the way? Oh, all the way. Oh, wow. They would just wake me up for the meals. When okay. we got the meals, when we had to change the plane. Okay. All other time. You have a strange piece. And I didn't take any medication or anything to like, you know. Right. So I saw God's hand from the very beginning. Mm. Very beginning. And uh, for a couple of years... I was fighting with the Lord and I said, Lord, it's so hard because it's, it's a very big, uh, cultural shock. Yeah. And, uh, uh it took me a while to get adjusted. Mm. But after that, I realized that's the place where God wanted me to be. Yeah. And I started enjoying and I mm. love it now. I truly, mm. sincerely love it. Mm. And I do believe that God brought us and gave us solution, which was the best for us, even though I couldn't see that in that point of time. Right. Wow. Well, that's a story. That's the next part of your story. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to hear a third part. But 
that's amazing, you know. Uh, I, I'm hearing that you were willing to follow God's desire for you, even though, yes. it, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't yes, easy. It was, it was right. hard, but you you needed to trust Him. Yeah. You know, when I think about my situation, um, I'll be honest. If if I were to have a prophet saying, then you must return to Mexico, live and reestablish yourself there, because the Lord told me that I you should do that. I would find it quite difficult to understand. I will find it quite difficult to believe, and to be honest, I will find it difficult to act upon it. And I would like to make a bracket, maybe. I don't know if this means anything. I mean, some people might think you don't want to go back because Mexico is horrible. I had a good life, and that's something that I'm not just, you know, bragging about. I just didn't have a bad life. I know, like, same as being the, in Bosnia. Yeah, you a good life. Yeah, I could have easily gone to, yeah, it's kind of, I stay in Mexico and still have a good life. But I, I, I'm happy here where I am in Australia. With my family, I have, I have you know, I'm established. I, I think that's a, that's yeah. a key word, establishment, yeah. rooting, establishing. And so I will find it quite difficult. And so this is, I think it's similar to uh, if somebody who is listening has migrated or moved, even within your same country, state, you'll know it can be hard. Sometimes it could be exciting, but this is a big move. Yeah. When you have a good life somewhere. Oh, that's true. And this is what the people of God were experiencing at the time. I mean, we, we come into this point in the story of Ezra and Nehemiah that, um, and, and there is more than just one journey. We know that there were a few trips, a few, uh, you know, people returning back home. But we see here in chapter two of Ezra and chapter seven of Nehemiah that there is a long list of people that were returning back to the city. You know, they're kind of like making some census. And yet when they were trying to find some of the Levites, they struggled to find some of them. I wonder if, if they struggled because they were like hidden under a rock. Like I didn't want to identify too much responsibility. I don't know what it was, but eventually they found them. But there were not as many, you know, yeah. they, 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 they struggle. And so here I'm thinking, why did they return there? But then I think about the practicalities of this story and, and the human level. And I think God understands that that it wasn't easy for the people to go back. I mean, think about it. Yes, they were in exile in Babylon, but they've been there for years now. That's right. And then Medo-Persia takes over. And, and to be honest, ever since Daniel came into the picture, I, I can imagine the kings being a bit more lenient, more uh, easygoing to the people of God, because, yeah, you know, he's part of these people anyhow. And 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 over the years, they, they we know that they were wealthy people even in exile. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were slaves and being lashed like in Egypt. It wasn't like that at all. They were established here. So how hard would it have been for them to move? So let us think, as we recall this story, Liliana, as we think about how we need to let God to lead us, just like you mentioned in your story, what does this aspect in the history of God's people tell us. What is happening to these people at the time? I think exactly what you said. It's um, um, In your case, it's, it's very similar that you mentioned. Because first, they've been 70 years before first, that first decree and mm-hmm. first return. And okay. then after that, you know, when we had Ezra coming, a couple thousand of them was another maybe 80 years or so. Mm-hmm. So when you think uh, for that period of time, most of the people who went to exile actually died, passed away. Now their children mm-hmm. 
they build the houses, as you said. They mm. had jobs. They lived good lives there. Mm. And that country was was beautiful country as mm. well. Mm. Mm. And so they didn't mind staying there. And now someone comes and calls them and, you know, leave all that and go back to, to, to Jerusalem mm-hmm. and Judah. So I believe it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's, it wasn't easy at all. But the question about Levites, you know, when, when they were in Jerusalem around the temple, they, they didn't have the land. They, all their jobs was the dedication to the temple. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the exile, they probably build the houses. Mm. And uh, what I guess, they didn't teach their children what their responsibility is. Yeah, and right. then children forgot about that. They have lost so they tr- didn't know. They lost the track that their duty and that God separate them mm. as a tribe uh, to serve in the temple, mm. to cover all the different types of the jobs that relates to the temple. We mm. can see later on, you know, mm. it's not just sacrifice. It's not just priesthood. It was uh, mm. singing. It was uh, instruments. Mm. It was the much, more. M- much more. It was mm. it was big, big, big thing in that time. And look, and I can imagine, because we know that the reading of the law happened, uh, but not only in Jerusalem, I can imagine the Mayan Ezra where they were, you know, in uh, in exile, reading to the people. And I can imagine the people saying, yeah, you know, praise the Lord. We love you. We care for you. We follow your covenant. But we will do it whilst we remain in Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so here alone, we have so many practical spiritual applications, even maybe allegorical applications. But let's stick to the text and more so what it means to us. What does it mean that some of us say, you know, we're going to do this, that, and that, but I want to do it whilst I remain in Babylon. God had promised stuff if we follow what he wants us to follow. I guess what I'm going here is what does it mean for us to sometimes go in the less traveled road? That's the Christian walk. Think about it. For the people, like we mentioned, with their houses, they were established. We know, and we might view that in future lessons, but we know that even just at the practical level of traveling back home, Traveling back to the promised land was going to be hard. It was going to be scary along the way. Of course. But when you imagine everything was destroyed, mm-hmm. the country was destroyed and temple was destroyed and everything that they can relate to was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So you have to start from the ashes. From scratch. From the scratch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that would take um, a lifetime. When you think of, you know, rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the Jerusalem, rebuilding the houses and the walls as well, um, it's a lifetime commitment. And so I guess that some of the older people, let's say you are 50, mm. almost uh, your senior years, and you don't want to start want to building again. Hardships. And it's, it's, it's not easy. I can understand that it's not easy, but I guess... If we don't, if we lose that sight of God's promises, if we don't have His in 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 the heart, we will stay in Babylon. Yes. Because right. same as you, we know that only small number of them returned, mm. Mm. even though in first return it was bit some some verses forty three thousand, some have up to fifty thousand people returned. That was the biggest return when they had in first decree when um, Cyrus gave, mm-hmm. but. 
the later on Ezra to- took just maybe a bit less than 5,000 altogether. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah didn't take anyone with him, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so they said it was hundreds of thousand people stayed back in Medo-Persia, yeah. Babylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... Uh, That's scary. It's scary. Mm. So they choose to stay there because they had comfortable lives. But mm. probably they choose this world over the eternal world. Mm. So when we have God in our hearts and when we see that it's God's hand and God's will mm. that we should go somewhere where it's hard mm. or we have to start from the scratch, mm. I believe we should, we should, we do, should do it. We should do yeah. it. It's, it's interesting when we trust that Lord leads our life, everything else is really... And it falls into place. Yeah, and it's not important, you know. Will mm. I live in the hardship or will I live in mm. the mansion or will mm. I live, you know. A road might be hard, but at the end, doesn't matter. Mm. For me, the goal is the mm. most important. If goal is as we have that eternal life, promise of eternal life, mm-hmm. then we believe that Lord will take us through. Yeah. You mentioned in a few episodes that that verse that creates that that you embraces a promise, yes. and um, and and you mentioned something that I really like because it's beautiful. He says, you know, you're going to go through fire, you're going to go through water, yes. but I'm going to be there. So yes. he's saying, it's going to be hard. I mean, Jesus said that. He said, you know, you shall be persecuted for my name's sake, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Yes. yes. And so as I think about the eschatological parallel applications of this story to us today, we believe Jesus Christ is coming soon. And we believe, <laughs> we believe that we are going to the promised land. And you know, yes. the beautiful thing about this is we don't have to rebuild it. Jesus went already yeah. ahead to build it up. And that mansion, hey, yeah. can't be compared with anything. With nothing we cannot even road. imagine. No, no. And yet the road is less traveled. It's narrow. It's a narrow way. It's, it's not going to be as easy, but we can trust mm. that with God's leading, it will be okay. So... As we continue again in this journey, it was going to be sometimes hard. And we have here that Ezra had a solution to this tough journey. Yeah. And so was Nehemiah asked the king for some help. And we already talked about sometimes asking or receiving help from some people in, in previous episodes. If you haven't heard it or listened to it, go back to the re- beginning of this uh, season. But Ezra chose differently. We find in the book of Ezra chapter 8 verses 21 and 23 Liliana, would you like to read it for us, these couple of verses? What, oh, okay. what does it say? Okay, and it says, um, There, by the Hava Channel, I proclaimed a fast, so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and He answered our prayer. Mm. Yeah, they they actually needed that assurance that God will be with them. Mm. And he truly did. He brought yeah. them safely to Jerusalem. Absolutely. I think we have, again, we're not going to talk about leadership again, but we have these men who in his heart, he said, you know, we need to go back. God told us, God asked us to go back to yes. where he promised he will bring us. And he decided we need to humble ourselves before God. Amen. And he went into this fast. 
yes. to humble himself, to acknowledge who God is Amen. and say, God, we need you. You call us, but it's not going to be easy and it's going to be hard and the people are going to find it hard, but we know we can do it with you. Please protect us, help us, yes. care for us. And as I think of our journey, there will be challenges, physical practicalities, but also the most important aspect, the spiritual challenge. Yep. Sometimes the obstacles that we put ourselves are greater. And so I think about Ezra being a man, a man of God, like, like Job, who says, you know, even though I be slain, I'll serve you because Amen. I know that who my Redeemer Amen. is. And he lives, right? And he said, look, God, let's go, but please come with us. And he went. Yes. Regardless, I wish that for everybody, for us, for everybody who listens to this podcast, that we all go regardless of the potential consequence. Because we know God will see us through for the best of all outcomes. Amen. And as we go through the promised land, we can choose to be there. And do you have any final remarks about this aspect? You mentioned, you mentioned endurance. Yes, okay. What I would say, like endure whatever you go through. Mm-hmm. And He will take us through yes. if we trust Him. Amen, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I love that God's word. glory. I love that word. So there you have it, family. Remember to leave us a comment, subscribe, share with others that they might also join this journey with us on reflecting on character building ideas on the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. In fact, we invite you to share this episode with your friends on social media and together join us next week as we speak about worshiping God. I'm Dr. Dancy and today I choose to love God and pray for you and my journey in this less travel road the road of biblical Christianity. See you later. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.